Welcome to the Hidden Palace with Skyblaze. Good morning, afternoon, evening or night, wherever you are in the world. I am Skyblaze and this is the Hidden Palace here on Radio Sega. Uh, apologies for my absence in the past couple of weeks. I was at a convention one week, um, doing a DJ set in fact, and the, uh, last week I was at a friend's birthday. Uh, I hope some of you enjoyed the Kitacon video game Egyptian set that was in fact rebroadcast on Radio Sega. Uh, it's available in podcast format and ever to stream. Uh, if you are interested um, and haven't listened to it yet, let me know and I'll post some links. Now then, for the topic today, when I say Game Freak, the first thing that will come to mind for most people is a certain yellow electric shock mouse. But I'm here to show that Game Freak did many games apart from Pokemon, and Sega had the opportunity to be linked to a few of these titles which we will be discussing today. The first of these titles is called Magical Tarotu-kun, which came out in 1992 for the Mega Drive, but only in Japan, hence the lack of a localised title. This platformer game is based upon a, uh, a man manga and anime of the same name, the plot of which involves a chibi-looking magician called Tarutu-kun, who using his magical powers to help out the Tokyo 5th grader, Honmaru, who happens to be the local school loser and outcast, and I sympathise. And Twinny has been, uh, as usual, is doing a superb job on the socials and is posting some great pictures of the game. So if you are on Twitter, be sure to give that a look. In this game, you play as uh, Tarotu-kun as he investigates a disturbance at Honmaru's elementary school, which is being caused by a magic troll called Rivar. Alright. To aid you in doing this, Tarutukun has the ability to enchant items, allowing you to pick them up with your wand. Enchanting these objects also happens to cause them to become personified and they'll appear with a face on them. You can then throw these objects at enemies or incoming dangers in order to beat them. That feels a bit cruel. You're bringing something to life and then using it as a projectile. <laughs> um, I have a feel- I have, I have concerns about the morality of this. Now, uh, Radio Sega does in fact have the soundtrack to um, Magical uh, Terranutukun, but it's not very good. It's kind of generic early Mega Drive sound. It's not great. Uh, I'll play you one track from it, but it's fine, but it's not great. So from uh, Magical Terranutukun, uh, we've got Stage 2-1 Lake. And then, because it also has a magical theme, uh, we've got from Cotton 2, Magical Night Dreams, The Castle in the Sky. And a bit later on, we're going to have some more requests. There's quite a lot of stuff from the next game that I'm going to be talking about, but we still have a bit more from Tarot to to cover. So enjoy this musical break, and I'll speak to you after that.
back and that was Cotton 2 Magical Night Dreams The Castle in the Sky and before that we had from Magical Tarotukun Stage 2 1 Lake as I was saying on Discord uh, that is probably the best of the soundtrack it suffers from that kind of uh, slightly scratchy sounding that a lot of early um, Mega Drive games tend to have and Electric Boogaloo tells me that it was using uh, SMPS which a lot of um, Mega Drive games that were developed in Japan tended to use as a sound driver. Uh, I think it was still pretty new at that point, so it's just possible that the composer just wasn't familiar with the hardware, didn't know how to get the best out of it. Um, so yeah, uh, by the time we get to the next game, the soundtrack has improved and it's the same composer, so make of that what you will. Anyway, let's talk a bit more about uh, Tarutukun and uh, you uh, talk about uh, some of Tarutukun's powers and abilities. You get the ability to glide when you press the jump button in midair. This lets you cover distances faster and also causes Tarutukun to break into a run when he finally lands on the ground. Um, kind of like Knuckles in Sonic 3, although Knuckles just kind of lands. Uh, lastly, you will have the access to magical abilities, of which you have a limited number of uses, although you can find pickups which give you more uses. As you progress through the game, you'll gain new magical abilities at each level, which you can swap with the start button. It's odd, because start buttons usually pause. Hmm, interesting. There are four levels, the first of which is set in the elementary school. The first part of this level sees you running down the halls of the school while avoiding enemies and what appears to be trolleys with large cooking pots on them. Okay, uh, evil killer dinner ladies, I guess? Um, which is hilarious if you've ever seen Danny Phantom. The second stage then sees you being attacked by a helicopter. Well, that escalated quickly. Where you have to dodge incoming gunfire as it rips through the school. Okay. The final stage sees you facing off against some large football goon, where you have to enchant the footballs he kicks at you and then throw them back at him. This game only gets stranger from here. The next level has you venturing through a magical kingdom, then a storybook world, and the last level sees you running through the streets of Tokyo. So you go into a magical realm, and then into a storybook, and then back into the real world? Okay. Uh, in Tokyo, you are finally attacked by the same helicopter that showed up in the first level to attack your elementary school! Before finally making your way through the endgame stages and the final confrontation against Rivar. So, does Rivar, like, have contacts in the Japanese military to just call the helicopter to attack you? I... <laughs> I... what? Oh yeah, I, I forgot to turn my, the sounds on my phone off. Uh, that was very foolish of me. I'll fix that. Yeah, it's a fairly new phone, so I keep forgetting to set it on Do Not Disturb. Anyway, let's have some more music. Uh, yeah, so we've got uh, our first request for this evening uh, for, from our Demon Lord of the Radio Sega playlist, Nicholas Aman. Is requested from the Pulseman arrangement vinyl, uh, Yama Take Two, and the next uh, song after that is a it's an overclock remix from another game that uh, Grain Freak have worked on. I'm sure none of you will be familiar with that. It's, it's uh, a complete mystery. Yes, complete mystery. Shifty eyes. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, the first track in this block is a bit of a hint about what I'll be talking about next, so enjoy that, and after that I will be talking about the next game, which is, of course, Pulse Man.
Good morning, afternoon, evening or night, wherever you are in the world. This is Nicolas Aman, the demon ruler of the Radio Sega playlist. And you're listening to... The Hidden Palace. In fact, uh, Xenon Odyssey's, uh, sorry, the Ogre Orichalcon, uh, Pokemon Red version, um, Clairvoyant Eulogy, which is uh, the Lavender Town theme remixed from the original Pokemon game. Uh, and before that we had from Pulseman, uh, the arrange arrangement vinyl and CD, uh, Yamat Take Two, which was requested by Nicholas Haman. Our next game is, of course, Pulse Man, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, this is a platforming game with far more pronounceable name than the previous one. <laughs> I had to practice a little bit for the previous one, I admit. Uh, the one that was released in 1994 for the Mega Drive, yet again only in Japan. Although, as I have mentioned in a previous episode, a version of the game was accessible in North America through the Sega Channel service. You have to go back to my previous episode about the Sega Channel to find out more about the Sega Channel itself. You play the role of the Pulse Man, the love child between a computer engineer and the AI he designed. No, really, it's that sort of a game. The computer engineer, uh, Dr. Yoshiyama, digitized himself and effectively made love to the AI he made, combining his D DNA with her program core, giving birth to Pulseman, who has the ability to travel between the digital and real worlds. 
It, it's a bit like Tron combined with... Well, you can guess. <laughs> hmm. Sadly spending so much time in the computer world, twisted, uh, twisted Doc Yoshiyama's mind, turning him into Doc Waruyama. Okay. Using his knowledge, Wariyama designs a system called Eureka, which allows other digital life forms to manifest in the real world and starts a new wave of cyber terrorism across the planet, which Pulseman then sets out to stop. You start the game with access to three stages, which you can complete in any order. Then, once you finish those three, a further three stages become unlocked, and once all six stages have been completed, the final stage is then accessible. Gameplay is fairly straightforward. You can jump and you have access to a short range attack. Uh, Pulseman also gets other abilities when he enters what is known as his sparkling state. In this form, his offensive abilities are upgraded and he can use a technique called Voltecker, I guess, that turns him into a ball of energy which launches him upwards in a 45 degree angle, letting you bounce off walls, floors, ceilings and the sides of the screen as well as damaging any enemies you collide with. Sort of like Sp uh, Sonic in his uh, kind of curled up, curled up form. In between levels, you'll have bonus stages where you can effectively game a play a game of Breakout, using Pulseman in his Voltecker form as the ball. <laughs> that one's saying, oh no, Yoshiyama turned into Waluigi. <laughs> That's what I thought of when I first saw the name as well. So, yeah, Pocket Larry is suggesting that Yoshiyama wandered into the, some of the darkest corners of deviant art, and uh, what he saw there twisted his mind. And since he had a child with a computer program, not a huge surprise. Yeah, I can see where you're going with that one. Maybe he ended up on fanfiction.net, and, and nobody deserves that. Nobody deserves that. Let's have some music then. <laughs> um, and then we'll talk about an elephant. For the, uh, after this music break. You'll see in a minute. So from Pulseman we have Neo Tokyo, requested by Pocket Aleri, and then from, I think it's from Electrice Pulseman, track number 10, requested by Electric Boogaloo. Uh, it's a, a remix, I think. So enjoy those, and I'll speak to you after this music break. I'm Resident SD, host of Lay and Live, and when it comes to boosting your Sega education, there's no better place than the Hidden Palace on Radio Sega. 
and we are back. And that was uh, Electro's Pulse Man. And uh, that was in fact uh, arranged by the group Stereotype, which consisted of Satoshi Tashiri, uh, Pulse Man co-director and Pokemon creator, Dai Sato, prolific anime screenwriter and works in he's involved with include Cowboy Bebop, Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex and Eureka 7, and Yoshinori Sunahara, uh, a DJ and former member of Denki Groove. Uh, so that's who uh, arranged that particular uh, Pulse Man track. So I hope you enjoy it. And that information was provided by Electric Boogaloo, who also requested that particular track. Before that, from the original Pulse Man soundtrack, we had Neo Tokyo, which was requested by Pocket Aleri. Right. Our last game for today is one that, which, while it was not released on a Sega console, Sega did happen to be the publisher for it. Released in 2015 for Windows PC, Xbox One and PS4, I present to you... Tembo the Badass Elephant. Yes, really. This 2D platformer has you playing as the Pachyderm protagonist Tembo, who is a commando elephant complete with Rambo outfit. Oh dear lord. He fights to defend Shell City and its inhabitants from the encroaching Phantom Army by charging through them, jumping on them, and putting his mighty trunk to good use by dousing any fires which get in his way. The best part of this, though, is that Tembo literally works for peanuts. The collectible currency is, in fact, peanuts in this game, and should you collect 300 of them, and you fill a peanut butter jar and give Tembo another life. Tweedy's posting the picture of the, the cover art of the Tempo the Badass Elephant and is going, look at this chunk! I, I think uh, Twinny is impressed. Um, <laughs> where was I? Uh, uh, should Tempo get hurt, then you can smash an apple crate to, to create it to restore some lost health. Being an elephant as you expect, very little can hope to stand in your way. With your hefty mass, you can charge through enemies, walls, and other obstacles like cars. You can also ground pound your way through weak floors to open up the level, drop into a short roll to bowl down enemies, slide under things, and Tembo even has a little hover animation if you double jump. I'm not entirely sure how that works, but let's go with it. Uh, the game itself is split across multiple zones and within those several levels. In each level you'll have two main objectives. Destroy as many phantom troops as possible and save as many civilians as you can. At the end of each level your score is determined by how many phantom troops you defeated and you'll need to reach a certain score before the final level of each zone is unlocked. Once you have made it through that level, the boss fight is unlocked. The design for each level is pretty colourful and has a kind of cartoonish um, cel-shaded aesthetic, seeing you start in a busy metropolis, then into the forest wilderness, an amusement park beyond this, and ending at the Phantom Fortress, which erupts just offshore from Shell City. And Dan's saying, uh, yeah, his ears are a bit too small for him to fly like Dumbo, so I don't know what explains the, the hovering mechanic. Magic. Mad science, who knows. Uh, Nicholas Aman is saying that uh, he must compete with me and remind people to check out the individual episode on Tomonori Sawada, who as part of Mind Design provided Pulse Man with the arrangement Absolute Science. Uh, you absolutely should check out uh, Nicholas Aman's show individual, it's a great show. Um, I only rarely get to listen to it because I'm quite often working. Uh, this is the problem with having some of your editors being in America. Um, Pocket Layer saying maybe he runs in midair Yoshi style, and Greyfor saying he flails his legs in the air. I will take your word for it. Um, right, let's move on. Uh, let's have a couple of tracks from Tembo the Badass Elephant then. Uh, so this is track 1 and track 12. Uh, I do not have any titles for either of these, um, but please enjoy them, and I'll be back after this for the Chiptune Corner.
Gavi, and you're listening to The Hidden Palace with Skyblaze on Radio Sega. that was Tembo the Badass Elephant track 12 and before that we had track 1. Yeah the problem with those uh, tracks I mean they've got a really nice uh, kind of grungy retro chiptune sound but the tracks are all really super short they're all less than two minutes long and they don't seem to have a a proper ending. Uh, I assume it's so that they loop cleanly but it means that they cut off really abruptly it sounds like they cut off really abruptly if you only play a single loop. Um, I don't know, maybe, I mean, they're, they're really good uh, things to start off with, so if any uh, clever musicians want to have a, have a listen to them and um, use them as a basis for some other work, I'd be very interested to hear that. I don't know about the rest of you. But into the chiptune corner for now then. Now this week's entry into the chiptune corner, we have Italian chiptune artist Kenobit. His real name is Fabio Bortolotti. I hope I pronounced that properly. Uh, Kenobit performs on Game Boys, including a recent-ish gig in my hometown. Uh, He also streams retro games and uh, on on a fairly regular basis and works as a translator and localizer. He actually did a really interesting thread on his Twitter recently about um, the difficulty of translating uh, gender-neutral pronouns into gendered languages like Italian. Uh, Actually super interesting, so um, yeah, go read his Twitter. You can check out his Bandcamp, uh, which is uh, kenobit.bandcamp.com. A link will be put up in the Discord shortly, and I'm sure... uh, the lovely Twinny will put it up on, on the social media as well. Uh, if you listened to my uh, Kitacon mix, I played one of his tracks as part of that, uh, Katamari on the Chip. But I'm going to play a different track this time, and this is Happy Chip Call by Kenobit. So enjoy that. Let me know what you think. If you enjoyed it, please go and visit his bandcamp and get some give the man some nice money for his music. Enjoy, and I'll speak to you after this to close out the show.
And we are back, and that was Kenobit with Happy Chip Core. Uh, as I said before, his bandcamp is kenobit.bandcamp.com. Um, be sure to check him out. Uh, thank you for tuning in this evening. Uh, I understand that Gavi is out on the town tonight having a few drinkies, uh, so there probably won't be a Saturday Night Sega. But be sure to tune in tomorrow for the LMC book and Rexy's Sega Mixer Drive returns! So we can all celebrate that that is back on our airwaves. If you have any ideas for a topic for Hidden Palace or just general thoughts on the show, you can always contact me on Twitter where I am at Blazing Skies or on Discord where I am Skyblaze42 5499 or you can reach me through the official Radio Sega Facebook and Twitter pages. I've got one last track to go out on. Uh, everybody who knows me knew that this was coming. I, I couldn't resist. I didn't try that hard, I admit, but it's it's a track by Power Glove. You all know which one. <laughs> I've been Skyblaze, and this has been The Hidden Palace here on Radio Sega. Take care, everyone. Good night. Enjoyed the show? 
Check out the full Radio Sega live schedule at radiose.ga forward slash shows. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.